0: Victor Henry, man, it's good to get you on the show. Um, first thing is, before we get into all the fight stuff, you know, are you doing acting on the side? Nah. Have you seen this face? It's for radio. <laughs> it's for radio. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but um, I saw something that you were doing something.
1: I've done stunt okay. work for a couple movies. But okay. nothing too much where it puts my face on camera.
0: What What is the stunt work like?
1: If, I mean... It, it's pretty cool. The first movie that I did was for one of Josh Barnett's friends, and for Coat Wolf. It hasn't come out yet, but you know, you spend all day on set dressed as a ninja, playing nothing, doing nothing, and then all of a sudden they need you on set doing backflips. So that was that was interesting. Um, the other movie I did was Pandemic, on Netflix, and oh, same okay. thing except I have a bunch of makeup on where I look all messed up because they um, they threw like fake blood and. All sorts of stuff that's sticky on my face. And you just wait there for hours and then they need you and then you go there for hours, you know? So it's all right.
0: Hey, with that pandemic, um, isn't it kind of eerie how that like debuted on Netflix and then like maybe a, a week later or two weeks later, the coronavirus outbreak happened? Well, nah, I mean, I did this movie a long time ago. But I think it was it on Netflix for a while?
1: Yeah. it's been on Netflix for a long time. Yeah, I think you might be thinking about Parasite.
0: Oh, no, actually, my bad. Pandemic actually debuted over here. You know how Netflix is different in different countries? So in in, in Korea, yeah, yeah, it came out like one week before the coronavirus outbreak. It was very eerie. I was like, what's going on with this?
1: Uh, Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, so in Pandemic, I played an infected person. Them, so, it just, it just, I guess this infection makes you crazy and everything. Mm-hmm. So, I run up to an ambulance and I scream at it. And then, you know, I'm banging on the windows. So, my hair was significantly shorter back then. So And I was on that movie with Shayna Baszler. So.
0: Okay. All right. Now, do you plan on doing more of that, you know, come in the future? Or is that just something that you did on the side yeah, real, I mean, real quick?
1: The reason why I haven't gone too far into it is because if it interferes with my fighting i don't want to i don't want to do it so i want to be able to devote my time to fighting as much as i can and then maybe when i retire then i'll put more time into it but if it comes then i'm okay with it if it doesn't then i'm okay
0: with it well if you do decide to do it man you at least you have a, a cr- credits you know what i mean at least you have some kind of experience yeah, heading I mean, into it yeah
1: definitely i mean once that comes on then sure i'm going to ask for like uh, some credit time that way they that way, because I know you have to be a part of like a SAG or AFTRA or whatever the hell it is. And then you get, uh, you get all sorts of cool benefits because you're a part of the, um, the union,
0: I guess. Definitely, man. You got to get a part of that union. Now, let's go, let's go into Japan. You know, you've been fighting in Japan for many, many years now. Right now, you are currently on a seven-fight winning streak, the, the longest winning streak of your career so far. You know, what has clicked for you lately where you're performing at such a high level?
1: Honestly, I don't know. I mean, I couldn't really tell you with any, uh, because what I was doing before was the same thing I was doing now. Um, Yeah, I guess it's just, I became older and more experienced in the ring. And now that I'm there, things are, uh, things are looking up. You know, I've obviously have been fighting really good guys ever since I first started fighting, ever since I first started fighting in Japan. Um, I've never taken a step back in competition. Everybody's either been a champion or an ex-champion or, you know, or coming up. So I think think all that maybe has just made me step my game up inside the cage or or ring.
0: Yeah, it seems like a lot of the, the foreign guys, when they go to Japan, they get thrown to the Lions immediately for you. You went in there, you survived, you've been successful. A lot of other guys you've probably seen in the past, they get in there and they get thrown to the liars, they're gone within the next couple of years, man. Like, you know, when you see that happening, you know, what are your, what is going through your mind, you know, on, on your side?
1: Well, when I see other people uh, travel overseas and try to get fights, I, um, it's almost like even when I'm training with them or, or, if they lose or whatever, I see them trying to make excuses for themselves as to why they didn't win or why um, why things didn't turn out the way they wanted to. And of course, different cultures have different fighting cultures. Like the American side, we we basically we see it and we forget about it right away. The Japanese culture, they don't forget. They don't forget. I had my first my fight with the Ishiwatari for for Pancras. People still give me you know props for that fight because it was a great fight. Even though I ended up losing that fight, it was you know I still get talked to about it. Um, Same with uh, when I fought um, for the deep belt, I still get talked to about that and ask questions about that because the fans over there, they um, they really respect even if you even if you lose, they respect you if you win, you respect you if you lose, and and it shows. You know when I fought over in Russia. I knew damn well that the first time I fought in Russia, they were they were throwing me to their top guy, you know, one of their top guys, and I won, and they, you know, they gave me the uh, the classic just a oh, Russian nod of respect, but they didn't really talk to me too much, and then when another guy called me out, and I fought him, and then I ended up winning in the first round, same thing, they just kind of gave me a nod of respect, you know, but I went over there just to fight my ass off, and they see that. So you have to, when you go overseas, you have to really understand what kind of fighting culture you're getting into.
0: And I believe that's why a lot of the fighters, they want to fight in Asia because of that reason. It doesn't matter the result as long as you go out there and, and work your ass off and perform well. That's all that matters. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Over in rising, they, uh, they care about the fight. Mm-hmm. They, they want you to perform and they want you to, uh, they want you to put on a, they want you to put on a show. Um, Sometimes here in America, you know, it's like they just care about pay per view buys. I mean, of course, everybody cares about pay per view buys, and because it's a fighting as an entertainment sport first. If you're not entertaining to watch, and nobody's gonna watch you fight, then of course nobody's gonna want you on their card. You know, it's hard here, even in Southern California. I struggled in my early career because I couldn't sell very many tickets. It was more like, hey, you want to go to my fight? Nah, all right, cool, whatever. I still gotta go fight. You know, because of that promoters didn't really want to put me on their cards because it was hard for me to sell tickets all my friends are broke <laughs> they were all college students at that time you know mm-hmm. now they either got families or they're struggling with other stuff but you know it is what
0: it is you work yourself up rise in 18 you make your promotional debut you choke out trent girdham in the third round were you surprised by anything from the young prospect
1: i was surprised he was at uh, a so in the first round, I hit him with a pretty good shot that I heard made solid connection. And he was still standing up. And I was like, well, I'm in for a good one. Um, I wasn't too surprised because, of course, he's young. He's going to be able to deliver a hit. And he's going to be able to take a hit. You know, I knew that if I just keep pushing and wearing on him and wearing on him, eventually he's going to he's gonna either turn it way up or he's going to turn it way down. So when it finally got to the ground, and I got my legs around his neck. That, that you know obviously when I finished my uh, Funaki triangle he was uh he had had enough of that
0: did the submission come easier than you expected in the third round you know it's kind of weird to say that, but did it
1: uh no not really i mean a submission is is it is what it is as soon as I got my legs wrapped around his neck and shoulder and I was behind him i mean i I know he wasn't too comfortable and then when I started applying the squeeze, you know I knew it was only a matter of time before. Before he either got choked out or he struggled or something, but I knew it was a matter of time, just because of how much time I've been in the ring or been in those situations.
0: That was last August. How have you been spending your time since then?
1: Uh, eating, eating mainly, <laughs> eating, uh, sleeping, uh, working, and then uh, of course training. You know, I uh, I keep it real basic. I don't live my life too uh, too extreme although I would like to, I mean, I want to go skydiving. I want to do, I want to keep skating and everything. But Josh is my coach, Josh Barnett. He's, uh, he's pretty against all those things. I'm like, man, you're killing my vibe, man. Like, dude, I just want to, I want to do shit, you know, but I gotta, I gotta prioritize my fighting while I'm, while I still can.
0: Yeah. It must be good to have someone like that, to, you know, kind of look over you and, and show you, show you the path that you need to go on instead of just yeah, being a wild it, it child.
1: It is, it is, it's, um, it puts uh what's the word I'm looking for? It, it makes it, it makes you have to live up to a certain standard mm-hmm. because of course everybody thinks, man, like you get you're lucky you get to you, you're coached by Josh Barnett and it's like in one sense yes yes of course I am and in another sense I earn that um, mm-hmm. I uh, I'll, I've often said oftentimes if your road isn't hard enough to get to quality training then you really don't value what the hell what's being put into you. You know, I came from a very, very, I mean, my first martial art was Taekwondo out of a, out of a, out of a parks and recreation center, you know, so of course I went what two times a week and then that was cool for a while. Then I, I, I traveled, you know, and then I didn't, um, by travel, I don't mean like went out of state. I mean, I was, I was kicked out of my house and I started training over in, in Lake Paris and Moreno Valley and then started training with. You know These guys that nobody knows about. But then I just eventually kept going and kept going because I wanted to learn more and more and more. Then Josh Barnett taught a seminar with one of my old coaches and then when my old coach stopped teaching, Josh reached out to me and he said, get your ass to CSW at the time. And I told him, hey man, I don't have a job. I just got fired. I'm looking for a job and I can't make it to CSW. He goes, just get your ass there. And I was like, okay, you got it. And ever since then, you know, he's been telling me what to do and I've just been listening. Like for me, I always thought, man, I don't, I'm I'm, I'm not an anybody, but this guy is going to tell me what to do. And in my mind, he's telling me how to be great. So I'm going to fucking do it. Oftentimes I see him tell people what to do and they don't do it as if he doesn't know shit. I'm just like, you guys are crazy. Like he's telling you, he's giving you the plans to success and you're just looking at it and just going, nah, That that, that doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Most likely they don't want him, man. Well, now your second yeah. trip into the ring for Ryzen, Ryzen Twenty One. You're taking on a familiar face, Kanahara. Mm, and this is the co-main event. Did you know that that it was going to be the co-main? Yeah. It, they,
1: I just maybe like about 15 minutes ago that I'm a co-main event, which means I'm there all night.
0: <laughs> Would you? Is it better for you to just get in there and and fight? first and then go home and and hang out or do you like kind of as a being fan, later on as a fight
1: fan yes because i want to see some fights too but i can't exactly watch fights as i'm getting ready for my own fight hmm. you know what i'm saying i i want to get in there i want to do my thing and i want to i want to watch you know i want to be among the crowd and and, and spectate maybe celebrate here and there and you know just watch with people um but it is also pretty cool that I'm a, I'm a co-main on a Ryzen card because that's
0: a big damn card. Was he the first name you expected when Ryzer, Ryzen came with the offer?
1: No, it wasn't the first name ex- I expected. But I knew they were going to toss me somebody who was tough, who, uh, who has experience, who's, who, and who's going to come out for me. You know, um, I've never expected anybody to toss me a tomato can or somebody that they thought I was just going to just walk through. You know, this being, um, you know, a major organization, of course, they're going to want, they're going to want tough fights. They're going to want, they're going to want people that are going to go out there and put on a show. And me and Kanahara are going to do that.
0: 2018, you face Kanara in a grappling match, Quintet. Do you consider this going into this fight? Do you consider it a rematch or is this something totally different?
1: This is something totally different. He's gonna be able to punch me in the face. I'm gonna be able to punch him in the face. If this was a uh, if this was a grappling match, then it would be a rematch because now we get to exchange grappling again. But we're going into a completely different animal. You know, the uh, the quintet thing was fun. It was a last minute thing, and I yeah yeah let's go for it. You know, but this is a fight that I've been training for, just like he's been training for.
0: Kanohara, he hasn't fought MMA since 2018 you know do you believe in that ring rust stuff or is it just like it doesn't really matter
1: to a certain to a certain extent yes but not for him i mean he's he's a he's a well seasoned veteran of fighting and i know that he knows what it takes to get in there and fight you know he's trained around the world and he's fought around the world and he's been in the ufc and he knows what it takes to to compete at the highest levels so he's going to be in there you know i don't think ring rust is going to be too much of a too much of a issue for him.
0: What type of fight are you expecting, you know, out of yourself, coming up? Out
1: of myself, well, I expect for myself to go out there and perform. You know, I want to, I want to go out there, move, you know, keep my head moving, keep my feet moving, keep my combos up, you know, and place my knuckles on his face. And if I catch an arm, then take his arm
0: home. Do you, you know, when you look at the bantamweight division, and and I look at you, you know, you're you're ranked in the top ten. I believe, you know what I mean? Like, so when you look at the landscape of Ryzen's Bantamweight division, where do you put yourself? Do you consider yourself a a, a title contender or a guy that needs, you know, a couple more wins? What do you see?
1: I definitely see myself as a title contender. You know, um, I was talking with one, with my striking coach, Uchenna, and while we were there the last time for uh, Ryzen 18, I was, when we were walking behind the stage and everything, I told him, dude, I don't know why. I'm just expecting the upset versus Kyoji and, uh, and, uh, what's his name? Uh, Asakura. The the, the guy knocked Kyoji. Yeah, Asakura. Um, I was like, I don't know why. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you why. I have no, I don't think there's going to be some sort of strategy. I just have a feeling there's going to be an upset. Mm -hmm. Then that upset happened. And I was like, damn, I guess I was right. Um. I actually had that feeling again, uh, for this past Saturday for the, uh, for the UFC main event. And I was like, I can see there being an upset, but I can also see it being an ass whooping for John Jones, you know, but obviously judging and everything that kind of went awry, but you know, the bantamweight division is just in rising right now it's just so crazy. And then of course there's a, there's the rumor that was going to be a 32 man tournament in the bantamweight yeah. division. How crazy is that going to be? Because I know they're going to, I know they're going to, they're going to come and bring in a bunch of Bellator fighters, and you know, and we're, I mean, Rising is co-promoting with Bellator, is that's going to be, uh, it's going to be very interesting. You know who's going to be in the top ten? Who's going to be in the top five? You know,
0: when Manel Cape knocked out Kaya on New Year's Eve, did you expect that?
1: Yeah, I knew one of them was going to go mm-hmm. because they, those guys. That first round was so around the ring with angles and everybody just throwing really hard shots. And somebody was got to go because, again, they were both jumping around so much and throwing such such heat. Of course, one of them, I knew, OK, one of them was going to get sacked and then one of them was going to have to finish the fight. Just poop, boop, boop. And Manel Cape was the first one to land uh, that finishing shot.
0: That was a and very was a clean one. Yeah, it was clean, and and I, I when I watched that fight, I watched it a couple times. It, it's a very emotional fight. Those guys were emotionally charged. It seemed. Do, do you see? Did you see that?
1: Yeah, uh, I did. Well, Manel K was an emotional person, anyway. Mm-hmm. He's gonna go in there. He's gonna go in there with passion, and he's gonna go in there. He's gonna get in your face, and he wants to make it that kind of fight. Asakura, same thing. He goes in there with emotion. And he goes in there with uh with the pride of of his country and his own hands, you know, so of course he's gonna go in there. And he's gonna they they're both very emotional fighters. Not to say it's I mean it's not a bad thing. That's just the way they they fight, you know, and it and it's um it's got them to this point of their career. So it's obviously a good thing.
0: Manel Cape he doesn't have a fight lined up, uh, a title defense lined up. You know, if you could if you think someone's next in line, who do you think's next in line? It doesn't seem like Horiguchi's cleared yet so who do you think
1: well i hope it's me if mm-hmm. i you know if i get through uh if i get through this fight pretty unscathed and, and healthy then i hope it's me you know i think i think uh cape and i will put on a great fight because i know he's gonna come at me 100 percent, and i'm gonna come at him 100 percent.
0: there's a lot of other fights you know you know the title fight of course that's in your uh in your sights there's a, another fight you know personally me I would like to see is the rematch with uh Ishiotari, man like I want to see that I want to see you take him on again is that something that's interests uh, you
1: Absolutely if it, if it moves me up then yes mm-hmm. if it keeps you in the same place then no mm-hmm. I know that um that fight would 100 be 100% be fan service at this point be only because I'm coming off a win and he's coming off a loss you know, so but then again, if the numbers match and it elevates us both to a new level, then yeah, I'm absolutely interested in it. Um but again, I'm looking to move forward. You know, I don't wanna I know it was a good fight and styles make fights and both of us beat the shit out of each other for, for five rounds. Um that was a hell of a fight, you know. Obviously that night I it wasn't my night, but I ended up going to a magic show that night. My lip was all fat, my eye was all swollen and his arm was busted. His face was all swollen. And I know both of us had a good night that night.
0: Deep. You know, Rocky Martinez, he goes back and forth. He fights for Ryzen. He fights for Deep. He holds the the Megaton title. Uh, yourself, Bantamweight title. You know, are you going to go back and forth or are you just focused on Ryzen?
1: Uh Right now, I'm just focused on rising because of, um, you know, the contract stipulates that mm-hmm. I can only fight for them right now. You know, I'm pretty much exclusive for them for another couple fights. So, after this contract is done, then of course, you know, I would, I would love to defend my belt. I feel like I defend my belt every time I fight for anybody. As long as I have a belt, MMA math, you know, makes it would make sense. You know, like, I defended my belt against Trent. Because if Trent would have beat me, technically, he beat the champion of deep. So, technically, that's his belt, even though I'm keeping it all at home.
0: All right, man. February 22nd, Ryzen 21, Hamamatsu Japan, Victor Henry's back. Thank you so much, Victor, for the time and uh, good luck on the fight. And, you know, everything and anything that you're doing outside the cage, good luck with that also.
1: Awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you for your time.